you have your Bible, turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. I'm going to read out King James, O King Jimmy. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. I just feel like preaching like a madman today. Because that's just how I feel. I'm not mad. I just, I'm excited. I'm, I'm bubbling over because I know what God's doing. Yeah. Jeremiah 1, 4 through, two, through 10 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. Isn't it amazing that God knew you before you were ever born? That you were predestined with purpose. People get hung up on that word predestination. Predestined. It's found one time in the book of Romans. You know what that word predestined means? You gotta read the context. It said predestined to be in the image of God, in the image of Christ, right? What is he saying? What are you predestined to do? God destined before you were ever born to be like Jesus. That is the purpose of God. Now, whether you fulfill that or not is in your court. But before you were ever born, God knew you. And he said, before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. God set you apart before you ever came into being on this planet, before your mom and dad named you. He said, I sanctified you. See, some people think you have to work for sanctification when you're born again into it. Oh, come on, somebody. You have to work for it. You have to work for it. But when you're so in love with Jesus, it becomes natural to you. Amen. And he said, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Then said, oh, Lord God, behold, I can't speak for I'm a child. I'm young. I'm incapable. I'm unqualified. I'm not good enough. You ever told yourself that? Remember what Elder G said last week? You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am an overcomer. I have the victory. Amen. Amen. But the Lord said, say not, I am a child, for you will go to all that I send you, and whatever I command you, you will speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. Wow. Wow. Be not afraid, only believe. For I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day. This is where I want to get to this morning. Just continue where G left off. I'm not trying to, I'm trying, he laid a foundation. We're just going to build on it. Is that all right? He said, I have this day set you over nations and kingdoms. One man who was a prophet, he had set over Israel. He had set over Babylon. He had set over the nations of the earth. It doesn't matter if you think America is a Christian nation or no longer a Christian nation. Can I tell you, as people who hear from God and speak what God says, he has set us over nations and kingdoms. Amen. That means to oversee. It means to be in charge. That means that the condition and the destiny of a nation hinges on the words you declare. 
So when you say things like, it's over, you have to eat those words. When you say, I'm never going to be healed, you have to eat those words. When you say, I'll always be sick, you have to eat those words. But can I tell you that when God puts a word in your mouth and he tells you to speak it, you got to say it. Some of you may feel a little shaky when you start talking like that, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Speak it till you believe it. Oh, hallelujah. Are you with me? He said to root out and to pull down. Root out means to destroy, pluck up by the roots. That means there's been some weeds growing that we have to tend to. Weeds can suffocate what you're growing in the field. But it's time to uproot. Amen. It's time to root out, to pull down. It means to break down. I love this, to throw down. There's about to be a throwdown. And I'm not talking about hand-to-hand combat. Thank God that we live in the mountains. I feel for those who live in New York, in Los Angeles. It has been bad. It may potentially get worse. But the healing for the church is not in government, and it's not in a political party. It's in Jesus. We need to speak the name of Jesus over New York and Chicago. And as some of those empty from those cities and come to the rural areas of their states, there's going to be pockets of revival fire going to burn. And it's going to wreck ideologies. It's going to wreck political agendas. And it's going to wreck philosophies. Can I tell you a thing? The church needs to quit waiting on government to legislate righteousness. And let the church change the culture in such a way that we write the laws of the land. Come on, somebody. Because I believe, and I still pray, as long as, and as well as millions of Christians across America are praying that Roe versus Wade is overturned. And when it does, it'll go to the states. We know that. And I believe God's going to bless those states that do something about it. But can I tell you a thing? We can't wait on them. We need to do something through praying through raising up young men and women to be leaders, to do what God has called us to do, we don't don't have to depend on secularism to legislate the laws of the land. We need to raise up kingdom family in such a way where young women say, I can't have an abortion. Because the conviction of the Spirit permeates the atmosphere. I'm going to preach this morning on climate change because there's about to be a throwdown because you've been fearful and anxious long enough. Amen. It's time to be seated in heavenly places. It's time to tear these lies of the enemy down. But it's time for the church to rise up. If you're watching this morning, it's time to rise up. But before we build and plant, we've got to uproot and throw down. Someone says it's about to be a throwdown. It's about to be a throwdown. You can forgive me if you, you can judge me if you want to, but I do watch some UFC fighting. 
And it, it, it just gets me going, man. I just, it just, it just, it, it's intense, man. You said preacher shouldn't watch that. Probably not. But boxing, whatever, man, it's just something about it. Like, dude, this is for real, right? This is real men right here. If you thought you were a man, you watch it, you're like, man, maybe not, but there's about to be a throwdown. Somebody's getting on the mat, and that pan ain't getting up. He said, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Do you know what pulling down means? Let me interpret for you. Look it up. It means a, a demolition and an extinction. These principalities need to become extinct. I'm talking about like dinosaurs. They ain't coming back. Amen. There's some things you face in your life that's been going on too long. But in intercessory prayer, I believe there's a demolition going on in the spirit. And some things have to be torn down before they're built up. Can I say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Pull down, throw down, and to destroy. It means to lose oneself, to wander away. I believe we need to get lost in the presence of God. If you want to destroy the plans and the enemy, get lost in who Jesus is. Amen. And then he said to throw down, to ruin, to overthrow. Then he said to build and to plant. I like what G said, and I went and looked it up myself. To build means to not only repair, but it means to obtain children. To raise up sons and daughters to kingdom family is the answer in this generation. You can't legislate marriage because God designed it. Come on, do I have two or three in the room? You can't legislate righteousness. You can't legislate what a family looks like because in the very beginning, God said what it's to look like. And if your family doesn't look like a biblical family, I challenge you to surrender your family at an altar this morning because God's about family. He's about your children. Amen? To build and to plant. To plant means to plant. Can I tell you something? It's real, it's real super awesome, super spiritual. Amen. I want to talk about climate change this morning. I won't spend a lot of time on the natural but I want to talk more so on the spirit and the supernatural because God has called us to pluck and to, to destroy, to bring down, to throw down. Then he said to build and plant. Why? Because if you try to build and plant before there's a throwdown, the wheat and tares is going to grow up together, right? But God is saying there's prophets rising that are going to say, you know what? We're going to have to throw some stuff down so we can build on the right foundation. Sometimes God will shake it to the core and the remnant. Because he said, I want to know where the real praying church is at. So we can have something to build on. And again, it's not on a political party. It's on Jesus, right? Amen. But he said, we got to pluck up, root up, break down before we build and plant. And here's what I felt like was G was preaching where God brought me to. He said, God wants you, the Lord wants you to build a greenhouse in the spirit. Now, if you know anything about climate change, and I'm not going to stay on that long, 
You know, scientists and everything. You know, we live in Appalachia, right? We live in coal mine country or what used to be coal mine country. I believe that new resources, we need to pray for innovation and new resources to come out of this region. Because let me tell you something, you can talk, you can talk all about clean earth if you want to, but I'm going to tell you right now, the value of a human life and having food on the table is more important. Unless you've got something else to cross over into, don't end that. Amen. Are you with me? Are we in agreement in the room? I think that's good old common sense. But climate change, it's believing that, um, and you study, and of course, science, you read it everywhere about greenhouse gases being trapped and the earth getting hotter, that it, we're in our hottest, the earth is heating up every year. It's warming up. There's records breaking. In the past 20 years, it's warmed up a lot, two degrees Celsius, something like that. And they said, they said, you have to have greenhouse gases because if the earth is too far from the sun, it could freeze. If it gets too close, it could burn up. But God, the orchestrator, creator of heaven and earth, put the earth in such a way that it could heat itself and take care of itself. Here's the thing that we see going on in the nation, and you hear these green deals, new green deals, whatever, and all this other stuff. Because we talk about climate change. Climate change, more than likely, is real. I'm not going to deny that. But again, here's the problem is that when we put that above the value of feeding those, because I believe we need to be conduits of what God's blessed us with. I believe we need to take care of what God's blessed us with. If you have a nice yard, don't litter it up, right? Take care of what God has blessed you with. We're to be stewards of what God blesses with. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. When we take care of the garden, the garden will take care of us. When God entrusts you with something, take care of what God blessed you with. Here's the war going on in the country. Let's shut down industry, transportation, oil, and all this stuff, and let's go clean energy. Well, if you don't have those tools available for people to switch over to where they can still have food on the table, be blessed and not go, not go broke as a joke, then stop talking about it. See, in the mountains here, we believe, we believe in working. Some of us do, right? If a man doesn't work, he doesn't what? Oh, amen. Somebody reads their Bible. You was here when we talked about socialism. Amen. If you didn't watch that a couple weeks ago, I want you to go find it. All that socialism, it'll do you some good. Right? Amen. You know, again, I can't say a lot about this, but here, here, here's the thing, and I'll get to the greenhouses back there in just a minute. Have you ever been on a trip to, let's say, Florida or California or something, just something out, way out from here, and been given a paper straw? Have you ever drunk out of a paper straw in a plastic cup. I guess that's my number one issue with climate change is the paper straws. I might even hop on, hop on board, but do something about the paper straws. Because when you get halfway through that drink, anybody ever drunk? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Go on vacation, go south, go really, really south 
or go really, really north or go really, 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 really west. And you'll find that halfway you get through that drink, you can't even drink out of the straw anymore. Try to drink and enjoy an Oreo cookies and cream milkshake. When halfway through that paper straw gets soggy and you can't do anything with it anymore. You now have to pack plastic straws from Walmart when you go on a trip. I have an issue with that. But other than that, okay, whatever. That's my only heart. That's the only thing that bothers me. Other than that, I'm good. Okay, whatever. But I believe that God is going to raise up resources. And I believe the church watches because you understand and see the direction the nation's going. Unless something stops that, we need to be prepared. We need to pray that an innovation will rise up in the church that will become the answer for clean economy. Let me tell you why. Because there's an agenda pushing that as hard as it can. If it doesn't, and if that doesn't get stopped, then we're going to have to do something. So we need to pray, Lord, let the church rise up with innovation in the mountains. Build you a windmill on the top of your hill. <laughs> something, right? Now, I believe that we need to pray about that. Because we may not have the answers, but I believe the church is to have the answers. Innovation needs to enter the church, man. Innovation needs to enter the body of Christ. We need to become educated enough to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what the nation says. We'll fund the nations of the earth. Because right now, the world, doesn't, the world will preach climate change because they'd overlook Appalachia. They don't care about Appalachia. They don't care about our resources. They don't care about coal mines shut down. They don't care about that stuff. Go ahead and stay poor and stay starved. That's the mindset of the world. But I believe the church is rising up, man. Because he said, I made you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. It's my will to prosper you even as your soul prospers. That might not be popular in East Kentucky, Southwest Virginia, and East Tennessee, but can I tell you the church is to be blessed, to be a blessing. Here is the way you should look at this thing. God wants to bless you. God wants to make you a resource in the kingdom of God. And you stop the outlet when you stop giving and caring. We, don't, we need to understand what's going on in the nation and not be selfish enough to say, hey, it doesn't just impact me, this impacts future generations. That's why everybody's so freaking out about this election because they know generations are affected by what's going on right now. This ain't about us, about your children and your grandchildren. That's what this is about, right? But here's the thing. You don't have to be afraid or worry because God's still on the throne. And I like what scripture says in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Again, I'll get to greenhouses, green, greenhouse and greenhouse effect. I'll have in just a minute. Here's what Matthew 6, 25 through 34 says. He said, I send you, take no thought for your life. Stop worrying. If this shuts down, I'll open another door. If you lose your job here, I'll give you a better one over there. You don't have to even worry about losing it again. Amen? Amen. Amen. What you eat, drink, or what you, for your body, what you'll put on, is not the life more than meat or the body than raiment. Behold, the fowl of the air they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather them in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Can I tell you, you're worth more than an eagle's egg. 
Amen? Here's the problem I have with this climate change indoctrination. Because that raven that God feeds, we're better than that. You're better than that. Don't let a political agenda diminish your value in God's sight. Or even the way that you look at yourself. Because you're valuable to God. Amen. Which of you, taking no thought, can add one cubit to a stature 18 inches? What's he saying? Anxiety will never make you bigger or stronger. But prayer will. Because anxiety looks at Canaan and says, look at the giants. It's all about perspective. But Caleb, look at the grapes. They're huge. They're ginormous, right? It's not about what giants we face in this nation. It's about the reward of revival at the end when we demolish this stuff. Amen. He said, I've given you authority. You have the keys to the kingdom. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loose in heaven. How many believe that? We quote it. We speak it. We preach it. But do you believe it? Is it in here? Is it in your heart that if you have the faith as of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountains be removed? Do you have that kind of faith this morning? To declare and prophesy and proclaim the word of the Lord. Anxiety doesn't make you bigger and stronger, and it sure doesn't fix your problem. Don't let fear and anxiety move you from your seat of authority. He said, why take thought for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass, the field which today is and tomorrow is to be is, uh, cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Wow. Don't worry about tomorrow. He said in that scripture, you go further down, he said, tomorrow will take care of itself. Right? He said, what's he saying? You're more important than the lilies, the grass, the trees, all that stuff. Because you're created in the image of God. The tree is not. An eagle is not. But you are. You are created to look, walk, talk, and be like Jesus. And that will produce haters. They wouldn't have crucified him if everybody loved him. They said it's over when he hung on a cross, but it wasn't over. Do you hear me? It ain't over with yet. Uh, It ain't over with yet. God's still seated. Don't you worry. He said, seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. God wants to bless you. He said, you have clothes, you'll have food, you have a roof over your head. But don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. He said, don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and his peace that surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. I want to declare we have stepped on the threshold of the greatest move of God this nation has ever seen. 
Tell you revival's here. Amen. Can I tell you worship and prayer changes things. Also changes people. Amen. That's what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said prayer does change things, but it also changes people too. Amen. Seek God and his righteousness and his justice. Seek it. And he said, these things will be added to you. He said, in other words, you won't just get your necessities. He said, I'll go beyond that. Here's the response to climate change. You ready? Be faithful with where you are now and don't be selfish for the next generation. But in the meantime, when God, God's blessing you, bless others with what God's blessed you with. That's simple. It goes back to what Bob said, love. That's the reset, love. Amen? But let me get back to this greenhouse thing because, and again, I wanted to stay more spiritual, maybe because I'm not really all about climate change as other people, but anyway. But here's the thing. <clears throat> we need to take care of what God blesses us with, but in the spirit, we're to build a greenhouse. But we got to tear down what's been built. The way we've always done church, demolish it. Amen? The way we've always done this church thing, demolish it. Take it down, right? Because it's time to change. We're called to be world changers, and we're not going to be changing the world when we gather here on Sunday morning in the sense of evangelism. Now, I believe we can change this nation in the aspect of us coming together and praying. But as far as winning souls, we got to do something out there. Amen? Sunday should be a celebration of what God has done all week long. When we gather here for Friday night, Sunday night prayer or church, guess what? We come intercede, and yet we're shaking the heavens. We're rending the heavens as we rend our hearts. God's rending the heavens as we rend our hearts before his throne. And God's moving, God's speaking, God's releasing. But can I tell you, when we gather together in prayer and intercede, we will shake this government. I believe that we can go, God will go where we can't go. But when we step outside of this church, we're still praying. We're still working. We're still evangelizing. We're just like Jesus. And people may not like it, and that's okay. Because somebody needs the Jesus that you have. They won't, some people won't pick up their Bible and read it. The problem with our generation of children and young people is that they don't even know what to believe when it comes. They don't, even those that are raised in church don't have a biblical foundation anymore and don't know what to believe. But we got to rise up. Amen. A greenhouse. What does a greenhouse do? You grow things even out of its season. Right? It's not seasonal. We're not in a season of revival. We're not in a, well, this is going to go on for about four or five, six months, and then it's over with. You understand, we've been called to battle now. And, it's, and I know we got to be seated in heaven in places and declare, but, and we fight a little different than the way other people fight. Some people may ride and burn buildings down, but we ride in prayer. God can do a lot more than, that, than any rider in D.C. or New York can. Amen. I'm telling you, God's, that, God's a big, big, big God. He's great, right? He won't be mocked either. I said he won't be mocked either. Amen. But here's what we do. It's not seasonal. It's an age of revival. See, a greenhouse is a glass house. 
People talk about glass houses like, don't be throwing rocks when you have your own glass house here. Don't be judging people when you got own things to work out. It's okay. I'm proud of my glass house. I'm proud to not be perfect. I'm proud to not have it all together because I know who Jesus is in my life. Amen. But here's the thing about a greenhouse is it traps that heat from that sun in that greenhouse so that they can, can have warmth. And in fact, the matter is in a greenhouse, you can regulate the temperature depending on what you're growing. Depending on what you're growing, you set the atmosphere. So if you want to grow a church of people that aren't growing in the word of God and hungry for revival, you'll set the atmosphere where church is usual. But when you talk about praying, sending the gap, making up the hedge and intercessory prayer, you're going to set the atmosphere and it's going to look a little different. When you step into a building, you know a praying church from a non-praying church. Right? Are you with me? I'm not talking about an institution. I'm not talking about a social club or gathering. I'm talking about prayer. But we're called to be a greenhouse because we set the atmosphere of what's going on. And regardless of what's going on in our nation, in other places, it may not look fruitful, but in our greenhouse, it is. Because we've tore down, uprooted, plucked up, overthrow and now we're planning building you got to have the building before you plant do you notice that in jeremiah build then plant because you have to build something are you with me to where what you're growing i don't care if it's tomatoes i don't care what it is any fruit it doesn't matter your greenhouse says you know what i'm going to bear the fruit of the spirit here and i'm going to always be fruitful what does psalm 1 3 1 and 3 say Verses one through three, he says, Blessed is he that doesn't stand and the counsel of the ungodly, weigh the sinners, seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day and night. Some of you getting, and you know, I've been guilty too. I'll preach to myself here, grabbing my phone, looking on media, see what's going on right now. But what happens when you set that phone down and start praying? How things shift in the spirit. Right? He says, stop meditating on what other people say and start meditating on what I got to say. Because at the end of this thing, not one I that has been dotted or T that has been crossed will pass what God has said. He said, this earth, it'll pass. The heavens, it'll be made new. But he said, my word will never pass away. What he said he'll do, he will perform. Mm. Can I tell you, there's a war going on in the spirit. And here's what's going on, because there's been a lot of people declare stuff, and things are now going against what people's declared, and it looks bad. But can I tell you, God's word will stand at the end of this thing. Sometimes it may look different than you expect. Don't, but don't think when you're doing God's word, praying and interceding and that you're not going to have to go press through some stuff. Enemy don't like it, man. But we're not called to knock the devil down. We're called to knock him out in this thing. Whatever you're facing in your life and in your walk with God, I don't care what it is. It's not to be knocked knocked down and get back up. It's to be a demolition. If the enemy gets up off the ground, he ought to not be recognizable. 
I'm talking about an extinction. I'm talking about a move of God to where when God shows up, you look around and say, man, that dude has to say, you know what? I can't get back in the ring with him. I have to mess with somebody else. I can't do nothing with that kind of church. I, I know. Uh, here, here's the thing. Religion, addiction, and poverty has been in our area for far too long. Right? We're going to pray, declare, and roar, war with our words. But our obedience to Christ makes a difference. I don't have to step into Kentucky today and say, I declare poverty's falling in Jesus' name. I can decree freedom and healing and breakthrough, but can I tell you this? When I act in obedience and start giving and start loving and keep praying and just loving people, this thing has to be demolished. And start giving you hope to realize, hey, you don't have to work, wait for other resources to come in. I believe other resources can come in. But I believe God can raise up from this area a move, a financial blessing that will bless other people, other cities, other states, other nations. Is that all right to believe and proclaim that? Even when it looks bad? Religion? You got hundreds of churches all across this tri-state area? When the church becomes united in this region, everything will change. Everything will shift. Yeah, we may gather 30, 20, 40, 50, 100, 200, all around. But can I tell you, when the church is united, he said the world will believe. Our unity is the greatest evangelism we can do. We're going to have to start calling up other church members and pastors and, right? People of other denominations. Because when we get to heaven, that label ain't staying. You're not going to heaven because you're part of a United Methodist Church. Or the First Baptist, Second or Third, Fourth or Fifth Baptist. Right? Or Charismatic Pentecostal Church of God, non-denominational. Which that means we don't know what we are. We just love Jesus. That's what that means. Right? It doesn't matter because we belong to him. These things have stayed here too long, and it's because we, the church, have permitted it. What happens in this nation over the next weeks, days, months, and years hinges on our response. And the response is not fear and anxiety. It's faith. I'm talking about a climate change. But here's, here's the thing. The sun is shining. And in our building, we're trapping the light of the sun. Amen. To say, you know what? Even if clouds hang over, I've still got enough light here to produce. Yeah, right. Woo! Hallelujah. That the temperature and the climate out there may look bad, but in this greenhouse, it's flourishing. It's fruitful. It's amazing that miracles and signs and wonders are happening. That's what I want us to say. That's what I want our outlook to be. I believe that's what our priority needs to be. We don't need to wait for government to regulate and legislate social injustice. Let's love people enough. To where it doesn't matter what laws created. People can't shoot, murder, and beat up their brother or sister in the streets. Right? Because we are the example. I want to see a day happen when we become the most diverse church in this tri-state area. So many different ethnicities, but we're one blood in him. Amen? I believe it's going to happen. Call me crazy. A lot of things I prayed may sound a little crazy, but can I tell you that God moves different than the way that a lot of people think? 
If they really believed Jesus was who he said he was, would they have crucified him? The Pharisees thought, hey, this is a false teacher. This is uh, something opposite of the Messiah. He casts out demons by Beelzebub, right? But you can't determine who Jesus is by someone's opinion, right? So what I'm commissioning you today is a new kind of spiritual warfare that you come and seek God. You don't have to throw abuse and attacks and scream at the devil. You don't have to do that, right? You don't have to do that. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Worship him. Amen? We're going to declare, prophesy, proclaim all that stuff. But can I tell you, when you worship Jesus and his presence comes, that devil can't stay. It can't remain. Worship with your, from your heart. Let it get into your mind. Pray and meditate on the scriptures and keep your eyes on Jesus. Because when you do, things shift. There's a climate change. Amen. And regardless of what's going on in the nations of the earth, your greenhouse is still fruitful because your eyes are on Jesus. Amen. Are you with me? Say amen. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that this is bigger than your... I think if we, if we step, step back and look at all of us, we all have got things we're going through in our personal life. We all have struggles, don't we? We're all facing stuff that maybe some may know about, maybe some don't know about. But can I tell you that what's going on is bigger than us. And what happens with the church is we're divided and isolated in our own private battles and storms that we miss what we need to come together and fight together. It's not meant for you to carry that by yourself. Amen? It's not meant... For a handful of intercessors to be in D.C. praying, the church of America needs to rise up. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Let me read this. Ephesians chapter 1, or yes, 1 verse 20 says, When he wrought in Christ, he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. And it put all things under the feet and gave him to be head over all things to be the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. He completes us. Amen? Christ is seated in heavenly places. But guess who we are? The body of Christ. Amen? He goes on to say in verse Number five, he says, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we, and we ascended with him in a glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated with Christ. Do you believe that? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. You are the body of Christ. Do you really, really believe that you are seated with him? That his authority is your authority. That as he is, so are we in this world. Do you believe that? Then your prayer needs to change. You don't need to pray out of begging. You don't need to pray out of anxiety or fear. You need to pray out of faith. Amen? It's easy to let emotion get a hold of us and pray, but our emotion needs to step aside for a minute. And I know God gave us an emotion, and I know we're going to have emotional reactions to things sometimes. I get that. I'll get excited. I'm excited right now. I'm about to blow up. I'm excited right now. But can I tell you, it's what God is doing in the spirit. We need to proclaim it and pray it and declare it. Amen? Because some people say, well, we don't know what the will of God is. Have you read your Bible? 
Bible. Pick it up and read it for the love of God, oh mercy. Almighty, he's merciful. Pick it up and read it. We know what his will is. You're to be more than a conqueror. What does that mean, to be more than a conqueror? Do you know what that means? That means you have fought long enough. Go take a seat. That's what that means. You want, the battle's won. Go sit down. Amen? Because when somebody in the world has become more than a conqueror, they don't have a challenger anymore. If the devil's loose and running rampant and crazy and hog wild, it's because the church has let him run crazy and hog wild today. The church needs to pray. I'm calling the church to pray like you've never prayed. There's a lot hanging in the balance. And we are to be more than conquerors. Are you with me? I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29, 25 says this. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. But when you place your confidence in the Lord, you'll be seated in the high place. Amen? Why are you not seated? Because of fear and intimidation. Why are you anxious? Because you believe in all the lies of the devil. And not everything spoken out in the world is a lie, right? We know there is some truth in the world. There is some truth on the news. But can I tell you a thing? God's word will stand at the end of this thing. And you need to pray and speak it and declare it. And when you speak things, and it needs to be in alignment with his word. Again, I'm almost, I'm almost done. Colossians 1, 16 through 19, the Bible says, For by him, speaking of Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and earth, invisible and visible, whether they're throne, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. What's that mean? Everything else around us has to bow to Jesus. Right? We don't need methods. We don't need routines. We don't need church as usual. We need revival. Amen? Some people say, well, you don't need to talk about what's going on in politics and government like we've been doing this culture shock series for weeks now. We don't need to be doing that. We don't need to be talking about that. We don't need to be speaking that. You've not read your Bible either. Right? God, God sets up kings and he removes them. So we trust the Lord at the end of this thing. One scripture here. I'm almost done. 1 Timothy 1, there we go. 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 20. And this is what I'm going to close with here this morning. I'm going to read King James first. It says, This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before you, that you might war a good warfare. Why is Timothy going to war a good warfare? Because of what's been spoken over him. Wow. Prophecy is your warfare, guys. Amen. Holding faith in a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith and made shipwreck. Let's go to the Passion Translation. He said, so Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility, keeping the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry and keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. God has spoke a lot of stuff over us over these years. And God ain't done speaking. Maybe we've stopped listening. 
Maybe we've stopped believing. Maybe we've allowed things to shake us because, again, things don't look like the way we anticipated. Maybe at times. Sometimes we get so full of faith that things are going to happen the way we want them, and sometimes they don't. But can I tell you that God is still seated on the throne? And what God said he will do, he will perform. God is not a man that he should lie, and his word will not return void. Seed may fall on good ground among the thorns, right? Rocky places, ain't that what Jesus said? We need to be good ground. Here's the thing, guys. When you start with a greenhouse, you don't plan and all of them grow up first and then build the greenhouse around it. You build the building first, and then you start with the seed. Ain't it amazing how God starts with a seed? He starts with a small beginning. He starts with something that everybody looks at and says, that can't do it. That won't overcome. That won't make it. But when you put it in the right environment, and the atmosphere and the climate changes because of what you speak and what you do, more so what you speak, then all of a sudden it can grow regardless of the seasons that's going on around. Let's all stand. I want to ask the worship team to come. As a matter of fact, if you guys can, just sing Blow Mighty Breath of God, if you can. Go back to that. Amen. We thank you guys for joining us online. I encourage you guys to just pray, to seek God like you've never before, man. This is a time to intercede. This is a time to pray. It's a time to stand in the gap. I encourage you guys to do that. Amen. This morning, I want to give you an invitation, a little longer than expected, but I'm excited. We are in war, but I don't think it's hand-to-hand combat. I believe we got to fight on our knees, guys. Amen? I believe we need to guard our words. We get up from prayer and we declare one thing. We can't step outside this church and declare another thing. We can't go in here and say, Lord, I believe you're going to work a miracle. I believe you're going to heal our land. I believe you're going to save the lost. And then go out there and say, man, these are the worst times we've ever lived in. I don't ever remember days like this. I've never seen anything like this in my generation. Right? A divided house can't stand. A divided prayer life can't stand either. Right? You can't speak one thing and believe something else. You can't. And if you believe something else, you need to speak in faith until, until this right here believes. Right? Are you with me? Prophecy is your warfare and what you speak. Again, what we speak has to, and then our actions need to become in alignment with what we speak. And I believe this is the year of open mouth as Jesus spoke and said that we're going to speak a lot of things and things are going to happen just because we're praying and declaring and speaking it. But the way we act out there makes a difference in the impact we make on the world. What you post and tweet makes a lot of difference, y'all. It does. It makes a lot of difference. But I want to encourage you guys to speak in faith, to pray. You're not going to change the world by a Facebook post. Tweeting your opinion about what's going on isn't going to bring revival. It's what you do in secret. My, the urgency and the challenge that I present before all of us this morning is to fast and to pray. I want to encourage you today to take these next few moments. Maybe we're a little longer than anticipated, but I want to take the next few moments 
and intercede. Is that okay? To pray. If you have an intercessory calling on your life, you need to get in the altar this morning. If you don't have an active prayer life, you need to get to the altar and start one this morning. Because there's a lot hinges on our united prayer. Amen? If you've got to leave, we understand. But there's a lot hanging in the balance. And we've got to declare the word of the Lord. Blow. Blow mighty breath of God. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence, for an anointing, your glory being behind our prayers and worship today. We have not come to be political. We've come to walk in kingdom authority. We've come to reshape our culture. We've come to see a shift. So Father, we humble ourselves and pray and say, God, no matter who wins the election, our land will need healing. Our land needs healing right now. So Father, let healing begin and do a new thing. Father, as we consecrate these next few moments to you, I pray that your people will pray with the tenacity, seek you. And God, we give you permission to speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, show us how to pray. Teach us what to say. Teach us how to pray. Help our Father's house to build a greenhouse in the Spirit, to be fruitful in every season, to take the light of God you're shining upon us right now and take it to the world. Father, let us do it. Let us shine the light of Christ bear fruit that remains. Father, help us. We wrestle not against flesh.